You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's now time for our main event. Take a trip back in time to the golden era of the wrestling world with your host, Chris Tetrold Blaine. Welcome to Once Upon a Turnbuckle. Welcome to a new episode of uh, Once Upon a Turnbuckle. And as well as getting to know, you know, guys who work in the industry, like I have done, like I've had, you know, wrestlers on the show and everything. One of my favorite, my new favorite things to do is connect with fellow podcasters. And the guy who's joining me today is one that I'm a very big fan of his podcast. I admire what he's doing. I absolutely love it when he comes out with a new episode. I do sit there and look forward to him. So um, without further ado, Jonathan O'Dwyer from Pro Wrestling Defined. Thank you for coming on, sir. Great to be on. Thanks for having me. And uh, likewise, you're, you're doing great things, having Thank some you. great guests on. I'm looking forward to uh, the PN News episode that you have coming up. So uh, yeah, you're doing great stuff, one. man. It is a good great one. To... It's a good one. By the time this goes out, it will be out live, but you get the first scoop that I, I feel it's one of the best interviews that I've done. It was definitely one of the more fun ones. It's really it was really, oh, really, really, really good. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he was he was a really good one to to get now. Like I like kind of you know interesting outside of the box ones like that. And uh, yeah, so I'm looking for looking forward to hearing that now. Man. I um I I I there's been a few that I've contacted. I think I'll dig into how you do this as well because some of the guests that you've had on for me are pretty mind-blowing to be fair and again out of the box and that's what's really drawn me to your show is that you don't just have you've had past but you know legendary names in the wrestling ring but you've also had others which again we'll touch on in a bit but you know I've contacted a few people and PN News was one I saw crop up in just another podcast that I happened to be listening to I just took a punt and he came back to me and I was, I was blown away because some of these guys, obviously they don't always come back to you. As we mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Been there. <laughs> Plenty. <laughs> but before we bring that to date and sort of chat about your show and sort of, you know, how it's developing and everything, let's kind of go back. You're obviously a massive wrestling fan as well. Um, let's go right back to the beginning. When did you first discover wrestling and, and sort of become a fan? Was there something particular that went on or someone particular that grabbed you in? Well, this goes back to when I would have been three, I'd say. But yeah, yeah I would have been three or four. And uh, my uh, my brothers were really big into it. And their cousins, kind of everybody kind of around here was was big into it back then. This would have been ni- 1993. Right. Um, yeah. Could have been even late 92. But my earliest memories are from uh, from 93. And uh, like the first things I can remember are... Uh, most of my first memories are... Um, mostly around Yokozuna. Like I was, te- I was absolutely terrified of Yokozuna as a kid. Oh, like I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, and weirdly I thought, I thought he was a woman. I don't know why. 
<laughs> I don't know why. That's the first time I'd say that, but yeah, yeah, means, yeah, for, yeah. For for some reason, I don't know. Maybe it was the uh, the 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 way he had the hair in the the, um, <laughs> the man bun type of thing or something. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so like I remember the um, Lex Luger slamming him on the USS Intrepid, the body slam challenge, mm-hmm. and uh, but like it was Undertaker that grabbed me. Like, okay. I think Hogan, I kind of knew before I was really like into it. Like, I remember getting a figure of him one day when I was uh, like bottom eyes or crying in Smith's trying to get my uh, parents to <laughs> get me a Batman figure and there was no Batman stuff or something. So uh, they got me Hulk Hogan instead. So I was happy out with that. Like, but it was Undertaker Survivor Series 93 when he sat up from the bonsai yes. and, uh, and then they did the spot outside with the steps and, you know, he flips up. Uh, the, uh, flips up the head and rolls back the eyes like that yeah. was the moment I already he was already my uh, my favorite but that's the first memory I have of seeing him okay. is Survivor Series 93 and from that point on I, I was hooked and I've been a, an Undertaker I've been a wrestling fan ever since and an Undertaker disciple ever since <laughs> but I you know but a, uh, a superstar to grab you in you know you got 30 years out of him to, yes. to basically enjoy them you know some of these others that I was into when I first got into it, you know, they were only around a few years before they then stopped or just fell off the scene completely. So, yeah. you know, you can, you can probably see latching onto the undertaker, how, how wrestling kind of still grabbed you into this day. Are you, do, do you, um, do you still keep up with the current product quickly? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't, I, 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 I wouldn't be able to stop watching if I tried and I have tried like there last year um, after the, uh, the eye for an eye match. With Rollins and Mysterio, like that thing disgusted me so much that I was just like, I've just had enough. Tell but, you uh, what, funnily enough, and I think I mentioned this in one of the first episodes I did on this podcast. This probably one of the reasons I started doing this was that match. I I haven't listened to the show and know that I I don't keep up with the current stuff. I haven't done for quite a while, but I I, I sort of keep up with it in the background. And when I knew about yeah. that match, I was so sort of morbidly fascinated by it but disgusted at the same time that they were having to go that route that I felt I then had to celebrate the era that I still hold as the best era in wrestling because after they went that direction I thought this is nothing like this this is unrecognizable from what I sort of what was around when I got into it yeah it was it was oh gosh almighty it was it was so bad and like just the concept of it was just so re- absolutely preposterous. Like, yeah. and um, it's, uh, but, but, uh, but on the flip side to that, I think there are a lot of positives there now that I do latch on to. There's a lot of great guys. People talk about like the structure of the shows and it being mm. very formulaic these days and that kind of thing. And that's, that's all true. But at the same time, you know, you have the likes of McIntyre, um, AJ Styles, Rollins, um, they're all fantastic. Lashley, like I, I'm really liking the fact that like the heavyweights are getting a big resurgence now, like, you yeah. know, the big proper, bigger than live heavyweights. Um, uh, Apollo Crews, I'm a huge Apollo Crews fan. I absolutely love what he's doing at the moment. I don't know if you're uh, familiar with it now or not. But um, I, again, I, I can, I understand where he is and what sort of, you know, that he, he's the IC champ now and that, but I, I, he's one that I've never really watched. I've never really dialed into, but I know he's a big deal. So, yeah. Yeah. He's gimmick at the moment. He's got, he, he's, um, 
he's gone back to like his Nigerian roots in, mm-hmm. in, in, in his gimmick. And like, he, he's saying like, you know, that he comes from like Nigerian royalty and like higher ups in like all the old Nigerian army or something like that. Okay. And he's really delving into that and he's putting on the Nigerian accent and everything. And he has this like seven foot uh, general with him and uh, just the packaging of it as well. Like the, the green and white uh, attire and everything. Like, you know, he's really connected everything to the character. And I love mm-hmm. that it's colorful it has a backstory and uh, you know, it's just very, it's very old school I find. And yeah. I like his work. I, I think he's somebody to, to, to look out for now, but yeah, there are positives. Like I, I, I still, I still enjoy WWE. WWE is the main thing I watch. I'm not that big into AEW or, or really any of the other companies. Like some of their stuff is okay, but uh, mm. generally I'm, I'm a WWE man. Cool. Cool. So we, um, it sounds like we, we grew up in the same kind of era because it was early nineties for me as well. And that's really where my heart still lies. Have you got a, a favorite era that you've experienced as a fan so far that you, you do tend to gravitate back to? Ooh, tough one. Um, <laughs> uh, like probably like I absolutely love anything eighties and 80s and 90s well 90s up as far as say 97 i'm not as big of a fan of the attitude era as uh, as a lot of people like i love like the main event stuff like austin was amazing taker was amazing rock triple h all, all of that kind of stuff but you know a lot of the um the really risque stuff and all, all that type of thing I, I i didn't i didn't really didn't really like that i do like it when it's a bit more family oriented okay. i don't like yeah. it when it goes this jerry springer route you know <laughs> no. i'm i'm done yeah i'm i'm just not i I get that it was just yeah yeah i'm just not not a fan of that so i i absolutely love uh, anything 80s 90s so like the golden era 80s early 90s new generation even like that was kind of where i came into it where i came into it so i'm very fond of the new generation and i love the ruthless aggression era as well because i thought that had a good balance because the actual wrestling um had a really good resurgence there like with angle and brock and benoit and eddie and all of them and then like the storylines were edgy but it wasn't well there still was some pretty yeah. ridiculous <laughs> stuff like katie vick and uh, oh yeah is that can, can Tori- still be mentioned that's like uttering Macbeth, i think and you know, oh <laughs> god almighty like that and tory wilson's tory wilson's uh, dad and that's oh, it. yeah 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 gosh there was some who thinks of this stuff like who thinks of this shit? Well, <laughs> you know, Vince Russo wasn't there at that point, so you can't yes. blame it him, really. Yeah, so, that no. poor fella gets blamed for everything. <laughs> well, he 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 kind of did open the can of worms, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, um, but uh, yeah, so it's probably probably uh, golden era, new generation would probably be the top ones. Ruthless yeah. aggression then would be up there then as well. Cool. Yeah, I think the new generation for me, I, I definitely it gets slammed by. Some people, I think you get those who are probably very, very um, loyal to the Hogan era, you know, mm. when that was my favorite era is when he wasn't actually at the top. He wasn't there. It's was like 92 to 94. Um, yeah. 95 was when I really started to experience more of it because I actually managed to watch things like we got Sky finally. So I was able to watch things like Superstars and, you know, Raw and stuff like that. Um, probably one of the, I did a whole episode on 95. Do you remember? You know, just think quickly, your experience of a fan in 95 and what was going on, your perception well, of it. 
Well, uh, similarly, um, 95 was a year because I was very on and off with the channels as well. Like all through, it, it wasn't really until about 99, 2000, where I, you know, consistently had a lot of it. But in 95, I had a lot of it. My cousin, uh, Shane, he used to tape a lot of the events for us. We bought him a few days later, but uh, we had the channels kind of on and off for a good bit in 95. The, the, the biggest thing that sticks out for, from 95 to me is WrestleMania 10, because he, he, like, he recorded that for us. That was the first one, I think, since from, I think, Survivor Series 94 that, that we had. But that was, I actually got to keep that VHS. I actually, I still have the recorded version. Wow. Like, uh, I still have that uh, here now. Um, that was the only VHS I had for about three, three or four years. Okay. So I watched that thing till yeah. it was onion skin thing. I know like, like it ranks low in like the annals of the, the great WrestleManias, but I, it's a really sentimental one for me. I absolutely love it. Um, like Sean and Diesel, you know, like I would have been five at the time. So like when you're a kid, you don't really know what a good match is. No. You're just kind of cheering for your favorites mm -hmm. type of thing like you know you're just following it in that regard but that was the first time i remember being like whoa like god yeah. that was an amazing match like Shawn michaels is a brilliant wrestler i was happy to see diesel beat him like you know because I, yeah. I i liked i liked diesel at the time but um uh, yeah that's that's one of the biggest standouts from 95 and uh the royal rumble uh, as well seeing that and uh, there was another thing leading up to uh survive i think it was leading up to survivor series anyway where uh, yokozuna had uh, done a match and uh, taker uh, the the lights went off and taker's music comes on and yoko's you know going insane like undertaker doesn't come out that's just one thing that i really re uh, vividly remember at the time like but yeah the, uh, 95 is very sentimental for me in that yeah. regard as well yeah yeah i i think the, the product was questionable but it's it's, it's always going to hold some kind of place for me just because i was i felt like i was there more you know yeah. i was experiencing it it wasn't just reading it in the, in the magazine it was you know i could actually keep up with it and yeah, I'm yeah. very sentimental that that way as well. Like, so um, I I totally get what 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 you mean on that yeah. score as well. Yeah. So moving forward, you know, to your podcast, um, when did you decide, or what made you decide to then develop your your love for pro wrestling into a podcast? Well, it it was something I was procrastinating about for for a long time. Like I wanted to do something with wrestling basically since I was a teenager. You know, when my fandom really became like an obsession was like in my early teens. Mm -hmm. um, it was the the Triple H Booker T uh, match at WrestleMania 19 that made me want to become a wrestler. I know there's controversy okay. about that match amongst fans these days, but if you go back and watch the actual work of the match, it's mm. it's a masterpiece. The heel babyface dynamic of it, the story they tell. That was the time when when I got where it clicked for me the storytelling aspect of it. Like like mm -hmm. I got how they elicited the, the emotion out of the uh, out of the fans, and it just clicked. And from there, um, I wanted to be become a wrestler. But um, I've a uh, and I went uh, about two years later, three years later. I actually went to the training school um, here okay. in Dublin at the time. Seamus was the trainer. Oh wow! At the time, actually, yeah, yeah, I met I met him. He was actually wrestling McIntyre on the night because I I was supposed to meet him at the school, but I think we got there late and they had already gone for the show. Right. Um, later on uh, in uh, Bal Doyle in Dublin, and uh, 
so they they told they told me to to meet him before the show so um i i met the, the owner simon and uh seamus before the show i didn't really get the, a chance to talk to she i i met him but like i was only 16 at the time so when mm-hmm. i saw him like he's a, a huge man yeah a huge huge man like you know the tv doesn't do him justice no. this is back in 2006 when he was Seamus O'Shaughnessy like you know. <laughs> but uh, I still I still have his autograph uh, from back then as well wow. it's just SOS Seamus O'Shaughnessy awesome. but uh, um, yeah w- when but then when I saw it up close and personal like I saw the ring being set up it was very interesting like back then to see that aspect of it mm-hmm. like and they were rehearsing and everything rehearsing a lot of the moves and like Seamus was running the ropes testing the ropes and he was literally moving the ring the ring was literally moving like you know he was doing it so hard right. so um but on the night that's where it kind of clicked for me that like um reality kind of set in that like this wasn't like physically I wouldn't be able to do because I've got I've a neuromuscular um uh condition uh okay. called charcoal Marie tooth syndrome it's a kind of a neuromuscular uh, degenerative uh, condition causes okay. a lot of muscle wastage and such so like I knew like this this is a no go and like that was some people are probably sick of me <laughs> telling the story about now okay. like but I can't really tell the story of the how I started the podcast without it but um, oh, go ahead uh, like that was a bitter pill to swallow because I was obsessed with becoming mm. a wrestler obsessed everything just revolved around it like I knew nothing else but wrestling uh, probably still don't <laughs> but. Uh, so for a, that took a long time to kind of you know put away and like you know people were telling me get into other aspects of it and stuff and i just never wanted to open that open that wound again mm. and uh so years went by i became an actor because that was the the closest thing i could get okay. to becoming a wrestler but without you know the physicality like sure. you know i could still tell stories to perform but you know you're not uh, destroying your body and i got the idea to do that from watching the wrestler movie with Rick, Mickey oh, Rourke. Okay. It all fits <laughs> yeah. in. It, all fits it, in. Uh, it does, it does. It's all freaking wrestling. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so years go by anyway. And a couple of years ago, um, I was watching a lot of uh, Hannibal stuff, uh, the Hannibal TV. He's yep. shoot interviews on YouTube and stuff. And uh, Or no, actually, backtracking from that, uh, watching Paul Heyman's documentary. Okay. Um, that was where it kind of clicked into my head. Okay, maybe I could do something in wrestling um, and still have it be meaningful, like, you know? And, uh, but again, didn't really, you know, act upon it or anything, but I just remember that's kind of where the the thought first kind of came into my head. Mm. And then when I started seeing Hannibal stuff, um, particularly an interview we did with Lex Luger, then the the interviewing started kind of coming into my head. Then another while goes by. I'm a procrastinator. I'm an indecisive person, you know? So like... (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, last year anyway, like, and there was another guy, Jerry Cochran over here, uh, doing sports matters TV, kind of seeing what he was doing then as well, kind of got my, uh, the wheel spinning in my head too. Mm. So I just said, look, you know, I might as well give this a try. You know, everybody has been telling me for so long to do something like, because they like kind of my thoughts on wrestling, you know, I post a lot of stuff on Facebook and everything, you know, and they were, you know, so like, I just thought I might as well give it a try. And uh, uh, my first interview didn't go very, very well. I've never, I've never aired it. Uh, oh, looking okay. back at it now, a lot of it, it was kind of on me. I wasn't very well prepared in, in terms of like, um, oh, just my whole setup and everything. It just, it just looked terrible. And just, oh, okay. I, I actually watched a bit of it back last night. And I was like, oh, Jesus, no wonder the guy flipped out at me. Like, you know. Who, who, and, was, it, who uh, was it with? 
Oh, that, I, I'm not going to mention. I'm not going to name because I want I want to actually get him back on. Oh, and, okay. Uh, we'll yeah, we'll we'll write that wrong. We'll write that <laughs> so I won't mention. I've never I've never spoken about it publicly. So, um, oh. but yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll, we'll get, I might tell you off here. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, that's fine. But, that's fine. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was a big setback. Like because the guy kind of blew up on me, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, you know, I felt at the time you know I was a bit harsh. But uh, so a few weeks go by anyway, and I kind of licked my wounds from that, and then um, I got in touch with uh, the Patriot Del Wilkes. Mm. And uh, I did uh, an episode with him, and that went really well. I mean, he was he was so good, and uh, I I just really in, I I enjoyed it as well. Like you know, I tend to stress and you know worry about things and everything. Yeah. I really actually enjoyed it. Like so, from there, you know, that kind of got the ball rolling. Like even that, actually, even that, I was indecisive about that. I didn't put that episode out for like a month. You know, I was like, oh, I was petrified. Like, you know, <laughs> what, what are people going to freaking think and all this kind of crap? Uh, but uh, yeah, you know, when I put it out there, like, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, it got uh, very good reception and yeah. and all of that. Like, so yeah, just got the ball rolling from there, and that's that's kind of uh, yeah, that's the what, that's the story. <laughs> what what a guest to have on your first episode. You know, I mean, crazy, was, isn't it? Yeah, he was a he was a legend. He may not have, you know, set the world on fire to some people, but you know, I remember when he was back in WCW and I got to see him at um, the only show that I saw live of the WWF was one night, one night only um, oh, in wow. Birmingham. So he was on there. He was, he was against Flash Funk. It wasn't a fantastic match, but, you know, I, I remembered him from WCW and obviously he had been hot in a program at that time with Bret Hart. So it was, yeah, it was a, it was oh, a good point of his career. Massive. And like, yeah, and that was that was a serious angle like you know and he came, he like yeah he came in you know he was just snake bit with the timing because his body had already started breaking down before he mm-hmm. came before he came into wwe from all the stuff he'd done in japan mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah like i was th- and like sentimentally that was so cool as well like because for me my memories of him were from the vhs's like i remember like playing as they uh, getting the ground zero yeah. yeah, just in in Limerick uh, over here, p- picking that up and like the the match him and Brett had, that was that's like good. that's a thing of beauty as well. Like such good heel baby face. Stuff. Yeah, like, I, yeah. So I was, was hoping awesome. he was going to win the title. I knew it was a long shot; they wouldn't have taken the title off of Brett that quickly. But just the, the it could happen. You know, it's a good angle to have when you know Brett was doing the whole anti-US thing. Well, get the Patriot to beat him for it. You know, but um. Yeah, I mean, Definitely. you know, what a way to kick it off. And you know, your your guests, um, I mean, they're like I said at the top, they range. You, you've had some real legends from in the ring, but you've had some fantastic ones from behind the scenes as well. And they're they're the ones that are really piqued my interest because I know you know one of them I've been trying to get on this show. Fingers crossed, it will happen one day. But um, just give us a rundown Definitely. of of some of the guys. If 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 there's people listening to this who aren't familiar with your show yet just just give them a flavor of who you've had on well um i've had uh, adam bomb brian clark on i've had ahmed johnson uh ahmed johnson on some of the more kind of like the behind the scenes uh people like uh the 1990s costume designer the artist uh, tom fleming um he was he was a super cool one uh, to, to 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 have on um just recently i had a guy from that worked in the 
for the WWF magazine back in the nineties as well, Matt uh, Cornhouse. That was a re- that was a really fun one. Like I've broken that into two into into two parts because um, it, it was quite long. Like so, mm, um, yeah. th- that's a really interesting one. And yeah, so Ahmed, Adam Bomb, uh, Tom Fleming. I've had um, Mikhail Koloff, Sam Houston. I like getting guys from like the NWA type era as well. Like, you know, that's something like, and the world-class uh, Texas era as well. Cause I, I love that stuff. Like I've really become, um, I really liked the work from back then. Like I thought that had such a good balance of the wrestling and the bigger than life characters. Like if you look at like Jim Crockett promotions and stuff like Nikita Koloff, uh, that, that, that was, that was a really good episode as well. Sam Houston, um oh no, jesus who else <laughs> <laughs> i on the on the spot my head just my head just goes, but yeah um i think what? for me from a sentimental point of view uh like adam bomb and ahmed johnson were yeah. were big ones for me because i was big fans of them like you know adam bomb but especially when he was in chronic i absolutely loved okay. chronic yeah I love that tag team. I was, so, I was so excited when they came into WWE that time for the match with Taker and Kane. Just a shame they didn't do yeah. more with them, in it, really. Uh, but hearing, as you, you you hear in the interview that you do with them, you know, probably one one or two of the reasons why that didn't, you know, progress. But um, you know, yeah, I I, I like we've talked about like the new generation and up to sort of ninety five and that Adam Bomb and Ahmed Johnson, two oh. key 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 characters to have on there. Um, mm. One that really did um, sort of capture me, though, was Shane Bigelow. Oh, yes. You know, How could I forget? <laughs> for, for anyone who's not familiar, Shane Bigelow is Bam Bam Bigelow's son. Yeah. You know, so again, not only, obviously, God bless his soul, he's not around to be able to talk to, to Scott mm. Bigelow himself, but you, I, I haven't watched it yet. I haven't got around to watching it, but it's, it's next on my list. You know, is there, do you get a flavour from when you spoke to him about the other side of someone like Bam Bam Bigelow, obviously, you know, as a father, do you get a sense of what he was like outside the ring from, from talking to his son? Yes. Like that was something that I made a point of, of asking him uh, in it actually, like, you know, it's funny, even just the way you phrased it is pretty much exactly how I actually phrased the question. Really? <laughs> even like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny that you, that, that you said it that way. Like I asked him, you, you know, um, you know, just uh, as, I mean, like, it's hard to, you know, sum up your your dad, you know, in just a couple of minutes, like, you mm-hmm. know, but, uh, you know, I just asked him, you know, just to give us a, you know, a taste of um, what he was like uh, as a man, as a father, and you know, mm-hmm. uh, the man we didn't get to see on, on TV and, and that type of thing. And, uh, like, he just had the greatest of things to say, obviously, like, you know, mm-hmm. um, and... Uh, that was a really, really, really interesting one. I was really looking forward to that because I love Bam Bam. Like we were talking about 1995 there, like him and LT, I yeah. love that match. Like as far as like the celebrity, like like the yeah. Bad Bunny thing was a big thing now this year. But as far as the celebrity appearances go, I don't think anything tops no. the, the LT match. Like no, that was there was so much, Again, so much buzz. And the gets- match itself. It just illustrates it how good Bam Bam was. It, it really gets, was. It gets panned because, mm. you know, I, I think a lot of people see that as the turning point in Bam Bam's, particularly his WWF career, because it, it did take a little bit of a nosedive after that. But, mm. you know, yeah, I, you're taking it on his own and what Vince was trying to achieve, I suppose, with the crossover that he's always been trying to do, especially with WrestleMania. I think yeah. that's one of the one of the best examples of it. 
Definitely. And um, the match itself, like, just shows you how good Bam Bam was because Bam Bam carries him. I mean, LT is as you know good of an athlete as he was and everything. He's blown up sky high, like yeah, you know, yeah. about five minutes into it. Like yeah. you know, I mean, they, they legit had to carry him out, like you know. And and a funny story on that. Um, uh, I was you know preparing for that interview with Shane. Like I was watching some interviews with Bam Bam. Bam Bam told the story before of um, before the match. Actually, said to LT that look. This is a huge deal. You know, there's millions of people watching. There's millions of dollars on the line. If you screw up out there, I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to pin you. And there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just thought that was hilarious. It's, if, it, if it's going to be made to look bad, it's going to come out on top, you know. Oh, you yeah, exactly. Protect yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, I just thought that was funny. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. So just sort of... Um, because obviously being a podcaster, I'm very interested in, in how other podcasters work and and when how much preparation goes into your shows in terms of from start to finish, you know, contacting them um, through to, you know, any research you do and then sort of booking it and that. Sometimes how, how long does it take you to kind of put an episode together, start to finish like that? Like it varies kind of from guests to guests. Like there were some guests that I've had um like with adam bomb and ahmed johnson i had to do very little preparation because i already knew so much about yeah. you know what i mean that that type of way of like you know i still i always make sure to you know d- 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 do some research anyway even even if i do know a lot about them just to make sure i kind of have everything you know square and correct and everything like you know when it comes to chrono- chronology and all that type of thing but mm-hmm. uh yeah it, it varies from from guest to guest like i i i try I try to space it out over a few days. You know, I, I don't like to, um, like whenever I get in touch with somebody, I usually, you know, I'll tell them, you know, like that I'll be free in a couple of days or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, yeah. so it's not like, you know, a next day or day after no. type, type of thing. Like, so, you know, just, just to give me that bit of time and to watch their work as well. You know, like, even if it's somebody that I'm very familiar with, watched a lot of over the years, I still like to go back uh, before, before the shows and, watch a lot of their work to, to pick up on, on nuances that I mightn't have uh, before, because that's one of the things that I, that's, that I like. I like kind of breaking down the, the nuances of the actual in-ring work, yeah. the, the psychology and things like that. And I'm very interested in the, the actual mechanics mm-hmm. of how it all comes together. And, you know, um, like what, one of the things like that I'd regularly ask is how, you know, their training was in that regard like you know how long did it take them to adapt to the mechanics of it like you know what was difficult what wasn't and all that type of thing because wrestling is so much more um intricate than what people would think just the yeah. simplest things and i t- think you got a good illustration of that at wrestlemania in the bad bunny match as good as he did and everything but like you look at him taking the ropes yeah you know i mean the wrestlers make that look you know, easy. it's easy, but yeah. like you, you, you watch him doing it now and you, you, you can tell like, yeah, that takes, <laughs> it, it, it takes work. Like, you know, there's a big yeah. callousness that has to be built up to, to be able to do that smoothly yeah. and everything. So I, I really like breaking down that, that type of stuff, uh, as well as their, their actual, uh, their actual stories and everything. So yeah, it, it, it can, it, it varies from guest to guest, but I mm-hmm. usually, you know, like to break it down over a couple of days. Does your interest, do you think, sort of following on from that 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 you you like to delve into like the technical side does that come from back when you 
you were preparing or, or trying to become a, a professional wrestler yourself? You know, does it hark back to that, that you've got that, you look at it in that respect? Probably. Yeah. 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 That, 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 yeah <laughs> that, that's a good, yeah, that, that's a good point. Yeah. Like it, it's funny that you kind of mentioned that because uh, like I, I, I was kind of thinking there recently because um, in some of these type of podcasts that I've done with, with other podcasters, uh, when they asked me like, you know, about the, how I came up with the idea of it and everything. And I always, yeah, I always do seem to bring that up, um, mm. you know, the, the backstory of, you know, wanting to be a wrestler and everything. And it's like, you know, <laughs> I kind of think that I was kind of thinking to myself there recently, like, I'm not sure I'm still over it. <laughs> you <laughs> no. know, Cause I, I, I always seem to still bring it up. Like, you know, mm. I know like it, it, it physically, it, it, you know, it, it can't happen. I mean, the, no. the, the condition has progressed a lot, especially in the last like two years, you know, I, I, um, I have way more muscle atrophy. I can't, like I used to always be, you know, big into weight training and all that type mm. of stuff. And, um, I can't really, you know, do too much of that anymore. Like, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've lost the feeling in a lot of my toes and, uh, I have a lot mm. of atrophy around uh, my leg, my legs and, uh, hands and arms and all that type of thing. So physically I, it can never happen like you know so uh, yeah. but i i thought i had that put away but I, i'm not so sure it's, now but it's but like, look i I'm, I'm doing something with it now anyway exactly yeah and i think that the thing that i can relate to in a way not not quite in the same way but it it, it wasn't your decision almost mm. you know although you did decide you couldn't do it it wasn't like you know you decided oh, you don't want to do it you know that feeling never left yeah. you i i grew up the one the only thing i daydreamed about when i was younger was was being a wrestler and you know i'm not built for it physically anyway um you know come the cruiserweight side when they broke through yeah i was perfect you know the smaller the better but the mm. closest i came um because i grew up in basingstoke there wasn't really any schools around there or anything like that i went to uni in staffordshire and i was hours away from getting on a train to go to wigan to go to the wrestling school there I'd been in touch with them and everything. And I'd like booked a place on one of the training sessions to go along and have a go. And I bottled it. I was like, I'm not going to be any good at it anyway. And I just, that was it. I just accepted that it wasn't to be. And I put wrestling away in a box at that point, at that age, like 21. I was like, I felt I should have grown out of it, you know, because it was part of my childhood. So I, like, I must have moved past it by now. And I kind of ignored it, but it's never left me. So I think yeah. get, get for you, you know, if I was in that position where I got that close to being involved in it, uh, you know, as a fan, it's never left me anyway. So if I was that close to being, could have been part of it. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I don't think it would ever leave, you know, they'd, they'd yeah. be that niggle, you know, what could de de definitely. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, you know, you know, you just have to learn to learn to live with it. Like, and like, like this has made it like, like I really enjoy doing this, like uh, the, the podcasting side of things. And it, it, do, it doesn't, um, it doesn't necessarily bother me or anything anymore, but I was just kind of thinking that lately, like, because I, I, I seem to I seem to bring it up a lot. Like, so uh, uh, yeah, but like, like you said, it, like it, it, it did, um, when you don't have a choice in the matter like it yeah. does you know make, make it that little bit easier like but like and, and i don't mean any of that in like freaking I, i'm not trying to you know make a pity party for me or no, anything no, no, like no, no, that no. like you know but um uh yeah so that that's um yeah that's the story I mean. no that's cool that's cool so um sort of moving forward with your uh, no actually before we go to that bit um just give some give 
continues to give someone who's listening to this a flavor of, of what if they want to go out and uh and, and find your show for themselves um are there any kind of memorable moments that have come up in any of your interviews that you can share that were either unexpected or interesting conversations that came up that that people could expect um oh good question um well, one that springs to mind is uh, in the interview with Adam Bond, uh, Brian Clark. My interview with him, I've been in touch with him with a long time, like because I, I I found him on uh, on Facebook a couple of years ago, and you know I I messaged him like telling him what a big fan I was and everything, yeah. like you know this is way before you know podcasting, yeah. you know was ever in my head or anything like that. I was just you know messaging him as a big fanboy, like you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so like I I you know I just shot him a message and I built up a, a good rapport with him uh, through the years and everything, and uh, so. <clears throat> I was the the second uh, interview he did since he's kind of had this resurgence uh, recently, and uh, but mine was the first one where he opened up about um, his battle with addiction. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, he he a he he a uh, bad struggle with um, with uh, pain medication with opiates, and uh, yeah, he was he was uh, fairly apprehensive about coming, uh, come, you know. Yeah. opening up about it and everything like and he he he, he kind of tr- you know he trusted me with it like because you know we we'd built up a, a friendship over the the last few years like so um that was that was a big thing like you know that was um uh that was a bit of an honor it, yeah. it, you know in a sense you know that, that that he that he trusted me with that and you know he really opens up and is very raw and very honest about about the whole thing like so that was um that was a that was a big thing and it was very interesting to to hear kind of and how um you know how good he's doing now after coming out of it like you can tell like you know if you watch him in the interview or or even in the you know other interviews he's done you know the guy's beaming like you know he's in a really good place he's got all this new merch out like you know yeah. on wrestling merch central uk and for wrestling tees or just give him a bit of a plug there <laughs> oh no don't i i've i'm very nearly there if i can you know afford it i'm, I'm there with a with a hoodie or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, have yeah. So it's a really cool line yeah yeah it really is yeah they've, they've their stuff is the bomb <laughs> Pardon Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah exactly but uh yeah so that was that that was uh very interesting very um uh, the Damid johnson one as well uh one thing that that i didn't know uh, like he he opened up about um why he left uh wwf uh storyline that they wanted him to do that was pretty shocking and uh, and interesting because i i that was it was something i didn't know i'm not sure if it was out there um, already it probably was like you know from interviews he's done before and stuff like but um yeah like uh, ahmed he was he was really cool to talk to like you know i wasn't sure what way that one was was gonna go like you know but um he was super cool like he was a really really nice guy and uh, but yeah that, that 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 whole thing like that that whole reasoning of why he left like it's a pretty pretty shocking storyline i won't give it away here so <laughs> no if you, no if you if, if you if you going. don't know the story go and watch the episode. absolutely <laughs> that's the one thing we want to do with this episode is steer people towards who may not have um yeah discovered yours because it, it's such a good show i can't speak highly enough of it i i absolutely love whenever you come out with an episode i may it may take me a little bit of time to sort of catch up with it but you know i i it's on my list because you have such fantastic array of guests already um have you got a bucket list of guests that you a few guests that you want to try and get eventually even oh, if not straight away 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, some of them, you know, are pipe dreams, like, you know, mm-hmm. down the line, like, you know, but I mean, gosh, I'm only, I think is it 20 episodes in mm-hmm. and like, I've already had Ahmed Johnson and, um, and had a bomb and like Nikita Koloff and, and some of the others, like, you know, but, uh, like Ahmed was a, was a big one because I, I was such a huge fan of his like, and uh, so like to get, you know, the likes of him at this point, kind of gives me hope for the future you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, because when I started I really had no ambitions like you know I just I was just like you know I, I just want to do something with wrestling and just see you know where it leads so to kind of get to this point already um is 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 huge like so I'm hopeful like Undertaker is the you know the the pipe dream like that's yeah. the bucket list you know the, cool. the the one that's that that's the absolute pipe dream uh Jerry Lawler like on the more re- realistic in like of guys that aren't, you know, um, like in that, you know, freaking Undertaker, um, Steve yeah, Austin un- type tier. The unattainable ones at the minute. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, at, at my level, um, like Jerry Lawler would be a big one. Uh, mm. Lex Luger is is a really big one on my list. Um, who else? Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, see, I'm brutal when I'm on the spot. Like, you know, I'm half an <laughs> hour right. now. I, I could I could see, I, you'll probably get a list from me now in like half an hour, like, you know, running down a ball. But yeah, Jerry Lawler, Lex Luger. Um, I think Sting is probably, uh, you know, that'll be a tough mm-hmm. one to get. But like down the line, I think that, you know, it's attainable. Probably. Attainable. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. You know, uh, eventually, like, you know, we'll see, like, you know, how the... the how, how it all progressed like so yeah there, there's there's bucket list ones on on the realistic uh, realistic end and on the you know the the mount rushmore uh, yeah. things as well like you know uh, vince russo is another one that i i, I really hope to have uh, on. Yeah, eventually cool. bischoff bischoff is the, is another one love to have him on yeah there there, there there's quite a few there's quite there's, a few. there's some good talkers in there you know they'll be yeah some, very interesting they're really ones. interesting like you know they're, they've, yeah. they've such interesting perspectives like especially bischoff like you know his position was so unique you know because mm. he wasn't necessarily a traditional wrestling booker you know he was you know walking this line of you know a television network and a wrestling yeah. company I, I just find that so interesting like you know so yeah he'd be really cool Cool. So in closing, because unfortunately we do have to bring it to a close, but I, again, we will probably have to do this again because I, I think we can probably delve into a lot of stuff, you know, and, and have some great sort of back and forth, but um, you know, where can people find you and your show and obviously give a plug to any shows, any, any episodes you've got coming up that you want to, you know, let people know about. Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so uh, the the show it's it's on YouTube. Uh, just uh, search out Pro Wrestling Defined on on YouTube. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. You know everywhere you get your podcasts, um, all that stuff. So make sure and give a subscribe and a review and all that that crack. <laughs> and uh, on social media, then you can find uh, find it on Facebook, Pro Wrestling Defined, and on Twitter, it's at Pro Defined. And on Twitter or on uh, Instagram, it's uh, just search pro wrestling defined. I can't remember what the actual handle on Instagram is. It might be pro defined as well, but just search pro wrestling defined and, and, and uh, you, you'll grab it. So uh, in terms of uh, future guests, um, I just interviewed the mass saint, uh, Chris Whaley, who the, the movie, the movie and the book, the mass saint uh, wow. is based on absolutely just, I can't say enough about that man. He's such a nice guy. You know, I, one thing about the podcast that's been really, really rewarding personally is building up friendships with some of the actual, mm. some of the wrestlers, like, like I mentioned, Brian Clark, uh, Chris Whaley, like Sam Houston, another 
really nice guy um even even Ahmed uh, to a degree as well like you know mm. I've uh, you know I shared a few messages with him and he just a super nice guy like and so yeah. that's been that's been just a super cool aspect of it as well that's just been really rewarding like so yeah the mass saint is coming up part two of the interview with the guy that worked for WWE magazine uh, Matt Cornhas um he he's coming up and I'll have uh, the NWO sting coming up soon actually uh, Very cool. uh, Jeff, Farmer. Jeff Farmer, yeah, wow. Jeff Farmer, yeah, he, he he'll be coming up soon enough. I don't have a date set on that, but uh, that's just uh, cool. confirmed just confirmed with him today that uh, that he'll be coming on soon. So uh, awesome. uh, yeah, hopefully I might by the time this airs, uh, I I might have that announced. So like he'll be keep an eye out for that one. Like that that'll be a that's cool. cool that's because- that's one step closer to getting the real one, eh? Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And you know what's cool about that? Just quickly before we go, and I, I mentioned it to him. Uh, the very first time I ever saw WCW, uh, I watched Nitro with my cousin. And uh, the very first time I saw it, uh, it was in summer, summer of 99. It was um, Kevin Ash against Sid. And then and Jeff Farmer interferes in it as the as the NWO yeah, Sting, yeah. like, and he attacks Nash, and then, you know, the real Sting comes out, you know, him and Nash were uh, kind of a team at the time, like, and then Nash power bombs the real Sting, thinking it was, you know, Jeff Farmer, yeah, like, yeah. and, uh, you know, that blew, I was only 10 at the time, so that blew my mind <laughs> at the time, like, I just remember that, so it's cool, like, from the very that's first time I saw WCW, and all these years later, now I'm going to get to interview him, like, that's so awesome. that's, I love sen- sentimental things like that, like, like I mentioned earlier, Brian Clark and Ahmed Johnson, mm. like, it's it's just so sentimental like you know i'm a sentimental old fat like so it's that's, uh yeah it's been a really cool experience like so that's that's the whole thing with us you know particularly those of us who who delve into the the annals of the wrestling industry it is all sentimental you know absolutely um that's what it's all built on i don't claim to have any kind of inside knowledge or anything it's just simply this is what i remember you know and it's it's great to share that but jonathan this has been fantastic thank you for your time um i will steer everyone i mean we've already steered people towards your podcast hopefully i'll put all of your information in the in the notes so people know where to find you and uh, you know yeah keep going on I, I i will be keep watching in the background hopefully more and more people will discover you you know your show it's fantastic um please carry on doing what you're doing you know that's, uh, thanks so much man and uh, th- thanks for having me on and again i likewise like you know i i, I love what you're doing and uh, like right. you're you're doing some great work and i i've really enjoyed this uh, as well so like th- thanks uh, so much for having me on man it's been good no worries, no worries mate take it easy we'll do it again yeah. take care man Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.